This is Dr. Jonathan Shaw. I want to thank you for tuning in to Crown Ministries Podcast today. We hope that this message transforms you and encourages you to pursue God's presence in a greater way. Enjoy the message. Go to the book of Romans chapter 6 and verse 15. Those of you who are using paper Bibles, I want you to get that verse and also want you to get 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Romans chapter 6 and then 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Romans chapter 6 verse 15. I want to begin reading there. We'll read to verse 19 and then we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 21. All right. Let's stand to reverence the reading of God's holy writ. Romans 6 and 15 and it reads thusly. What then shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Knowing not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. Whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your member servants to uncleanliness, and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. And go down to verse number 21. And it reads, Art thou, being, art thou called being a servant? Care not for it, but if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise, also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. You are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. Verse 22, for he that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's free man. Likewise, also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. He that is called being free is Christ's servant. He that is called being free is Christ's servant. That sounds very oxymoronic. Because if I'm free, then how then can I be servant? If I'm free. And I think that right here in this short line of scripture is something valuable that we as saints have overlooked. And we have not fully or completely embraced. And today my hope and prayer is that we understand who we are. Because how many of you know that if you don't know who you are, then you don't know the power you have. Today I want you to know who we are. And my message topic for today is the slave of Christ. The slave of Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I am a slave of Christ. Look at somebody behind you and say, neighbor, I need to admit today, I'm not mine. I am his. I'm a slave of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, bless this witness. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Here's my mind. Think through it. Here's my mouth, speak through it. Here's my body, give strength to it. 
And I pray, God, at the end of this exercise that one would know what it is to hear from heaven. I thank you that transformation takes place today. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say amen. On your way down, just have your seats and say, I'm a slave of Christ. I'm a slave. I'm a slave. I'm a slave. I'm a slave. Today is the first Sunday of February in this month. Note on our calendars approved by the government um, is to be Black History Month. This is the month where we recall the history of this culture and the history of those who are African American. The precursor to Black History Month was created in 1926. What year? 1926, here in the United States, a man by the name of Carter G. Woodson, uh, the Association of the Study of Negro Life, announced that the second week of February would be Negro History Week. The second week of February will be Negro History Week. This week was chosen because it coincided with the birthday of Abraham Lincoln, which is February 12th, and Frederick Douglass, which was February the 14th, both of which dates black communities had celebrated together since the 19th century. From the onset, this primary emphasis of Negro Week was placed on encouraging coordinated teachings and teachers of, of history of American blacks in the nation's public schools. The first Negro History Week was met with lukewarm response and gaining the cooperation of the Department of Education in North Carolina, Delaware, West Virginia, as well as the city school administrations of Baltimore and Washington, D.C. Despite this far from universal acceptance, the event was regarded by Carter G. Woodson as one of the most fortunate steps ever taken by the association and plans for repeat of the event on an annual basis must continue. At the time of the Negro History Week launch, Woodson spoke and he said, and I quote, that the teaching of black history was essential to ensure the physical and intellectual survival of the race without broader, within broader society. If a race has no history, it has no worthwhile tradition. It becomes a, a, a non-negotiable or it becomes a non-factor in the thought of the world. It stands in danger of being exterminated. The American Indian left no continuous record. So therefore, they did not appreciate the value of tradition and where is the Native American today. He also said the Hebrew keenly appreciated the value of tradition as is attested by the Bible itself. And in spite of worldwide persecution, therefore, the Hebrew man is a great factor in our civil civilization, end quote. It wasn't, however, until 1970 when? 1970, that Negro History Week turned into Black History Month. It was first proposed by black educators uh, and the black United students at Kent State University in Ohio. In February of 1969, they sent this proposal to celebrate blacks for the entire month. The first celebration was held in 1970 at Kent State University, first time ever Black History Month, and it started from January 2nd all the way to February the 28th. Black History Month was born. Black History Month often sparks an annual debate about the continued usefulness and fairness of designated month dedicated to the history of one race. Criticisms include questions over whether it is appropriate to confine the celebration of black history to one month as opposed to integration of black history into the mainstream education for the entire year. 
Another criticism is that contrary to the original inspiration of Black History Month, which was a desire to redress the manner in which American schools failed to represent black historical figures as anything other than slaves or slave subjects, Black History Month reduces complex historical figures to overly simplified objects of hero worship. Other critics refer to the celebration as just downright racist. Actor and director Morgan Freeman and actress Stacey Dash, y'all may have heard of them, have criticized the concept of declaring only one month as Black History Month. Freeman said, I don't want a Black History Month. Black history is American history. Now, whether or not you agree with the points of the opposed or the affirmed parties, we all must note the significance of, of the African-American race in this country. We are some significant people. Wish some people had some melanin say amen. amen. <laughs> so, as the former president of the African American Society of Midwood High School class of 1985, <laughs> allow me to educate you about this amazing race. We are the only race that presently exists in this country that has also been enslaved by this country. We are the only race in this country that has been owned by this country and then turned around and ran the country. Many people don't really understand the continuous and the present struggle of this amazing race. Some tend to express this cause. Listen, it happened a long time ago, so just get over it and move on. But when you know your history, your American history, really this, these things hasn't been that long ago. We were supposed to have it. Things were supposed to have changed. But it really hasn't been that long ago. See, the first slave came to the United States in 1619. Africans was brought over from their country in slave ships and boats through the transatlantic slave trade. America became an economic empire superpower because of slavery. The slaves were treated uh, and deemed as property. They were sold. Y'all don't mind going to class, do you? Marred, hung, whipped, raped, dehumanized, murdered, maimed, tortured by their slave owners. The men were considered baby-making machines to make more slaves. And the women were servants to their master owner to serve any and every need he or she had. All of this occurred in this country and on this soil. The Emancipation Proclamation was signed in 1863 by then President Abraham Lincoln. The 13th Amendment then came in, which abolished slavery, was submitted, but then it had to be ratified in 1865. Then after its ratification or its approval, then the reconstruction of it in 1867. Finally, slavery has been abolished in 1867 in this country. But as soon as slavery was abolished in 1867 and 1870, the Jim Crow laws began. Jim Crow laws are laws of segregation that does not, does not allow blacks and whites to mingle in our society. So as soon as slavery was abolished, segregation now comes in through state and local legislation. And now we can't still go everywhere. The Jim Crow law has been in place until 1965. During such time, African Americans had to fight for their rights, like the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the Voter Rights Act of 1965, the Fair Housing Act of 1965, and so many others. Technically, African Americans have really only been free since 1970. That's only 49 years ago. Matter of fact, let's do this. Everybody in this room, African American, and that's over the age of 49, just stand up. Just stand up. Over the age of 49, stand if you can. 49 and up. Okay, watch this. He's standing. Technically, if you were born in this country, if you were born in America... You were born in a country that you weren't even free in. You were born in the United States, but you really weren't free. 
You can have your seats. Therefore, slavery in the mind of the African-American is a torturous and hideous recall of American history that has no redress. When we hear the word slave, we go crazy. We become indignant because we're still tired of fighting something that we were supposed to have on paper years ago. We oppose slavery. We abhor slavery. We despise slavery. Though many of us never experienced it personally, the effects of slavery are so long-lasting that we still feel the pain of it. How do you say we feel the pain of it? When we go to the store and we follow down the aisles by the owner to see if we're going to steal something. We feel the pains of it. When we drive down the street in our car and the police siren goes off and we wonder, is he coming for me or am I going to make it home tonight? We feel the pains of it when a distasteful joke is told at the job and they look at us with a side as if we're supposed to understand because it's just a joke. We hate slavery. We can't stand it. But what is also noteworthy is that every other race in this country has never known what it is to be enslaved by this country. So there is no historical point of reference for most races that can detect the emotional, economical, racial, and societal degradation of slavery. So when mentioning slavery to some other races, there is a detachment or mere ignorance that the present that they have due to the lack of personal testimonies of even their family line. Now, certainly there are races who are sympathetic of our historical plight. But there is no other race that is empathetic to our dark history. So when it comes to other races, they heard about slavery, but they don't understand slavery. When it comes to African Americans, when we hear slavery, we absolutely hate it. Other races don't understand it. We hate it other races don't understand it we hate it so then the text that I draw from today is an extremely difficult text to comprehend because apostle Paul is telling all of us to be a slave if he speaks to you as an African American and he say, be a slave, you hate it. If he speaks to you as a non-African American, he says, slave, you don't really understand what he's saying. We understand it, but we ain't trying to go back there. You don't understand it, and so you really can't fully embrace it. So then how are we supposed to apply this knowledge when the scripture says, be a slave? <laughs> Can I talk to you just for a few more moments? I'm almost through. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it gives us this note. It says, if you're called a servant, don't worry about being a servant, but you're made free from your enemy. For that is called in the Lord. Being a servant is the Lord's free man. Likewise, also that you are called being free is Christ's servant. So now what the writer of Corinthians, Paul, the apostle, is suggesting to us is that many of you have now been made free and you resist to ever be a servant again. And many of you started out free so you don't know how to serve. Many of you who have been slaves refuse to be enslaved again. And those of you who have never been enslaved won't embrace it because you don't understand it. And so now he's suggesting to us that the truth is you have been made free and you have been delivered. But what you don't understand is to come out of one thing means to go into another. And here's where I'm going to find y'all. Y'all ready? So brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, while we understand slavery in this nation and that it existed and that it was horrific, 
When we now tap into the spirit realm and step out of the natural, we carry some of our natural and our human experience into our spiritual walk. And there's a lot of things that you treat God for that happen in the natural that was somebody else or even your own decision. Can I tell y'all the truth? That if you have an issue with your biological father, spiritually it is difficult to embrace the terminology heavenly father because your perception of father is so jacked up that you don't know what it means to have a daddy around. So when we say call him heavenly father, you'll use the term out of respect and reverence, but you have no associative recall as to what a father really is because your life has been absent of the father. And so now when we step into the spirit and we see terms like slavery being introduced to us, if we're not careful African Americans, what we will do is we will resist the enslavement because we recall of what slavery meant to us in this country if we're not careful other races we will not embrace slavery that is suggested here because we have seen others enslaved and we dare not want to be like them and we never want to be associated with that so we really don't fully know how to embrace it but can I help everybody in this room that's saved and that you belong to Jesus Christ that you have been made free yes but it doesn't mean you're totally free I'm going to jack up some of y'all theologies because we have imputed a theology for the last 10 to 15 years in this country among Christianity and Christendom that we are free. Listen to the songs we sing. We sing songs of freedom. I'm going to clap my hands louder than before. I'm going to shout louder than before. I'm going to jump higher than I've ever done before because I've got freedom. Freedom, freedom. We sing about it and we say we, say we are made free. Then we take scripture and put it on top of the song and said in whom the son has made free is free indeed and so now we got a bible verse to go with it and what has happened is the enemy has toiled with your mindset and toiled watch this with your human experiences and played with that word free and freedom and you have taught yourself and told yourself that you're free from everything you are liberated from everything and you don't have to listen to nobody and you don't have to do what other folks tell you and you don't have to obey nobody because you're free but can I suggest to you saints of the most high God that is a distorted and a contaminated definition of what God meant when he said be free it is not the freedom that Christ intended when he said freedom he is saying to you that you were in the hand and the possession of your enemy called Satan now don't y'all look at me on a Sunday morning first Sunday in February and act like you ain't never been in sin but we have all been free from a world of sin anybody in here that's an ex-sinner Lord Jesus okay some of y'all still sinners anybody in here we all are ex something look at your neighbor said don't look at me like that you're an ex something I'm an ex something you're an ex something and all of us are ex sinners and all prayerfully we have been saved by grace we dance with the devil come on here we slept with the enemy y'all looking at me still we have been uh, doing what we did the way we want to do on our way to the devil's hell and I don't know about some of these folks that got the testimony that I was on my way to the devil's hell and I was miserable and living a miserable life of sin no I wasn't I was living a fun life of sin I had fun doing what I did the way I wanted to do it and when I wanted to do it I enjoyed my carnal fleshly self I smoked what I smoked drank what I drank slept with who I wanted to slept y'all looking at me real strange I'm gonna find you and come on I did what I was bad enough to do because I was enjoying going to hell but when I came to revelation yes sir I'm I thought I was living life and I found out that I was dying slowly look at your neighbor and say hey neighbor just when you think you're living it up you're dying it slow and just when you think you're doing your own thing you're killing yourself softly 
and because yes sir thank you Jesus I was living my life of sin I'm almost through and because I was doing what I wanted to do and because I was living the way I wanted to live before I did my deed thank you Jesus 2,000 years ago on Golgotha Hill in a little city named Calvary thank you Lord Jesus came from heaven yes Lord down to the earth to offer himself as a ransom for our soul uh, can I preach the gospel and he saw that we were an own we were owned by and in the possession of the enemy he saw that he we were owned by Satan and he wanted to get us back into his ownership so he looked for things to purchase our ownership and the blood of animals wasn't a high enough price because you can't use pennies to buy an expensive soul the blood of the ram and the goat wasn't enough the blood of the lambs that they slain wasn't enough you ever put your money on the counter and the cashier look at you like that ain't enough that ain't enough you ever swipe your card and they said decline and you were just so embarrassed because your card declined well every time they swiped thank you Jesus a goat a ram a bullock God said that ain't enough but I'll let you go it ain't enough you ain't give me enough payment but I'll let you go but then God decided I'm tired of putting souls on layaway and taking down payments I'm ready to pay for this soul in full so he sent himself to the earth wrapped himself up in flesh we're the folks that like the gospel wrapped himself up in flesh because there was only one blood that was pure enough to repurchase my soul and he redeemed me yes sir he repurchased me he brought me back from the plans of the enemy and owned me himself so Jesus Christ is God redeeming man back to himself and he purchased my soul with his blood yes sir that's why when I come to church and we start singing about the blood I go berserk I go crazy because what else can wash away my sins somebody shout nothing but the blood of Jesus what else can make me hold again somebody shout nothing but the blood of Jesus what else was worthy enough to repurchase my soul's salvation somebody shout nothing else but the blood slap three folks and say thank God for the blood thank God <laughs> oh God thank you Jesus he repurchased my soul I belong to the enemy God thank you Lord and because I belong to him oh God I now am his possession uh, Minister Terry come here help me stand here Elder Dale help me stand here and so what has happened now is I was in the hands of the enemy hold me I was under the devil's ploy he took me and let me whatever I wanted to do I cussed folks out because the devil made me do it he was in me I was full of the devil I was full of hell I was full of sin look at y'all looking at me come on I wasn't the only one some of y'all was with me doing it met you in the drugstore met you in the liquor store saw you at the club in the juke joint you was there too we was under the devil's plan but because my soul was precious and though I was in sin I wasn't dead yet Jesus Christ came and purchased my soul and ripped me from the hands of the enemy and watch this from the enemy he has made me free <laughs> I shout and I dance because I've been freed from the hand of the enemy that's why some says let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy but this is what we miss this sister Tanya we think that when Jesus came and got us that he set us free like a bird and so now we just able to fly I believe I can fly you pedophile you're talking about now you're just free to do whatever you want to do the way you want to do it but that's not the freedom that Jesus gave us the freedom that he gave us is we're now under new management 
we're now under a new love and so now he knows how to rock me to live holy and when I go to cuss you out he puts his hand over my mouth and said hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battles look at your neighbor and say neighbor I'm under new management I'm a slave of Christ Oh, have you seen gentlemen? And I don't know if they understand it. Because many of you are fighting to be independent. And you're fighting for freedom and liberty. But what you don't understand is you ain't free. Oh, come on. How dare you think that you belong to yourself when there was bloodshed to purchase you? How dare you think that you could say whatever you want to say with your mouth? That ain't your mouth. Jesus bought that mouth. So watch your mouth. Oh, Lord, can I talk like I'm talking? Look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, that mouth ain't yours. You can't say what you want to with that mouth. Oh, God, let me go on. And you can't kiss whoever you want to kiss with that mouth. That ain't your mouth. That's Jesus' mouth. He purchased that mouth. You don't have the liberty to do with it what you want. Can I talk the way I'm talking? Like I like to talk? Come on, them ain't your hands. That ain't your feet. That ain't even your body. Come on, Romans. I present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto you. And what we don't preach in church is we don't preach slavery. Come on, Corinthians. Help me talk like I'm talking. Corinthians says all things are lawful but not expedient which means it's legal for me to do it but it's not good for me to do it because I'm a slave to Christ oh Lord help us so Pastor Shaw can we drink things are lawful and you're 18 or 21 and you're allowed but is it expedient for you as a slave come on African Americans you know you couldn't make a move until Massa said you could you couldn't go to the bathroom until massa said you could you could come on and when you wanted to get married massa said you can't have no wedding ceremony no church you're a slave you better take that broom and sweep that floor you want to be married jump over the broom now you're married so what that's what master said to us we did what massa said well, come on african-americans we obeyed the master well then how much more should we obey the Lord of our souls and the master of our destiny. If in the natural we can obey a master, then in the spirit you can submit to your Lord. And it's hard for us to receive and it's hard for us to get. But I discovered something, ladies and gentlemen, that many of us know him as Savior. But we don't know him as Lord. Oh, help me, Jesus. We have embraced him as Savior, which means we know he came. We know he died. We know he rose again. He came to save our soul. And we can embrace that. But then when we start calling him Lord, that takes the relationship to another level. Because Lord suggests he's my boss. It means he lords over me, which means, Deacon Dawn, I don't do anything until my Lord gives me permission. I don't make a move until my Lord tells me so. I don't move according to my feelings because when I've been repurchased, I don't have a right to feelings. Oh, Lord, look at y'all. My opinion is whatever the Lord tells me my opinion is. What I think is whatever the Lord thinks. I don't think for myself because Philippians says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So Jonathan Shaw don't have an opinion. Jonathan Shaw has no thoughts, but I go to the word of God to find out what my opinion is and what my thoughts is because I have a Lord. Help me look at 
at your neighbor that's trying to get mad at me and say, hey, neighbor, have you only embraced him as Savior, but have you also embraced him as Lord? Do you know him to be your Lord? Let me go further. Ten minutes and I'm out of here. And so now then, uh, to really understand this, those of you who are renting where you live, you have over your rental lease a land lord and the landlord puts things in the lease that you have signed your name to that you agree to obey him if the landlord says that you can't have pets you don't go and buy a dog and talk until the dog don't bark because you ain't supposed to have dogs because the landlord won't allow you to have dogs now i don't care how bad you want a dog if the landlord said you can't have a dog then you can't have a dog <laughs> but how much do we treat God when he is our Lord and he says we can't have something we go get it anyway <laughs> because we think we can do whatever we want to do and we haven't listened to our Lord and look how some of y'all will treat your landlord when it's time oh God it's early month February too and it's time to pay your rent you would call everybody to get you enough money to pay your landlord. You would, uh, you would borrow. You would rob Peter to pay Paul. You would steal from your grandmama. You would, you would swipe a credit card. You would do what you got to to pay your rent because your landlord expects a certain payment by a certain time. And we can't even come to church on time. Oh, Jesus. We scraping up and running around like a chicken with his head cut off to pay a landlord. But in the spirit, we come to church when we feel like it. We give him praise when we feel like it. And if he don't do stuff for us that we want him to do, now we got an attitude and we'll come to his house and won't even lift up our hands. You see how you treat the Lord versus how you treat your landlord? Come on here. But if he is your owner if he owns you then there's a different mindset that you have and I don't know about anybody else but I have freedom I have and I've been made free and I have liberty yes I do but the freedom I have is from Satan not from Jesus I am free from Satan I'm not free from Jesus I am free from Satan I am not free from Jesus I am free from Satan I am not free from Jesus I hope you're getting it I am free from Satan I am not free from Jesus which means then brothers and sisters that whatever he tells me to do I'm a slave to righteousness and the reason why we wear these crosses is not because we wear crosses because we don't wear crosses we bear crosses and the chain audit is significant to a chain of a servant. We put chains on it because we are bond servants to the call and the vocation of our lives. This is not jewelry. This is prison wardrobe. These collars we got on our necks is not so we can look like we're clergy. It actually is our prison uniform. Y'all looking at me strange. Come here, Dale. Let me teach him again. He's wearing black because black is not the color of mourning. It's the color of the slave. It's the color of the servant. It is saying I have no identity. And what I wear points to Christ. The yoke around his neck identifies that he is yoked to Christ. Because Jesus said, take my yoke for my yoke is easy and my burden are light. He puts this yoke on his neck because the history will denote to us that the men of the cloth back during the days early of the early church when they persecuted the preachers they would cut their heads off they would decapitate them and what happened was men who did not want to be decapitated would take a metal plate and put it on their necks and tie a white cloth around 
around it. That's when we get the term men of the cloth. They would tie a white cloth around it so it made decapitation difficult. But then they took the metal plate off and the new line became if you're going to behead me for the cause of Christ cut right here so anytime you put a collar on you're telling the enemy cut right here because I'm willing to be decapitated for the cause of Christ because I don't belong to myself I belong to him this is a prison uniform this ain't decoration he's a slave look at his chain y'all with a cross that he bears he's a slave to this which means if he wanted to do his own thing he can't do his own thing because he's in new ownership under a new authority and under a new management which means if you will still want to live your own life don't say yes to ministry and I'm tired of these folks who want to say yes to preaching but don't want to say yes to slavery you want to say yes to preaching but you don't want to pray and study your Bible and consecrate and fast. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a prisoner. You are enslaved to Christ. You cannot do your own thing. Yes, sir. <sighs> He's under ownership. Lord, help us. And we would live differently as believers because it's not just the preacher. It's every believer. <laughs> and y'all got to stop putting the preacher on the pedestal and expecting the preacher live holy and you live like a hellion if your preacher gotta live holy you gotta live holy too if I ain't running through the women in the church you can't run through the women in the church if I ain't smoking joints you ain't smoking joints if I ain't there taking Hennessy at the head you can't take Hennessy at the head cause we all gotta live holy we all gotta live I wish I had a praiser that would praise God for living holy and living righteous to sweet folks and say I'm a slave I'm a slave to it and if we preach slavery I said if we preach slavery it would be a different mentality because I cannot just do what I want and some of y'all are so smart you're so intelligent and it works against your spiritual development and your growth because you said I don't need to ask God for everything because you don't understand slavery because if you understood slavery you have to ask for everything Lord help us and, and even when the slave master didn't give us a full meal we took the scraps that he gave us and we made meals out of scraps that's why folks, black folks we got fat back and chitlins y'all ain't saying nothing and ham hogs because we was able to take the scraps of the meat that the master didn't eat and we would use it and make a whole meal out of it well that's bible y'all the woman told Jesus she said truth lord but yet the dogs eat the crumbs that falls from the master tables and so we had to take the scraps and we made it good well since he has freed me from slavery of the hands of the enemy now I don't just eat scraps I can eat the portion of the king's meat if I want to but it then means that I'm still a servant unto him who is king of kings who is lord of lords Shout somebody high five and say yeah you're free but you're still enslaved to Christ and I'm through and I'm done but most folks claim salvation but they don't claim slavery they claim to have the Holy Ghost but they don't claim slavery slavery is when you laying in the bed and you know you got to be to work in two hours and the Holy Ghost wakes you up and said I told you to pray and makes you get out of the bed and you can't even fall back to sleep because you was called to prayer slavery is you get your tired behind out the bed get on the floor or on the side of the bed and you pray Pray because he called you to prayer. Look at your neighbor said, I'm a slave to it. 
a slave is when he told you to fast and consecrate and I don't care what they cooking and I don't care what they making and who invited you over you do not put, let a piece of food pass your mouth because your Lord said this is a season and a time of fasting and you can't eat with everybody because my boss my owner says that I can't eat with you oh I could eat if I wanted to but because I was told not to oh God I can't do it oh God Bridget Blondette I'm going to tell you a story Bridget Blondette here she said pastor the Lord told me that I've got to wear black and white every time I come to this church for the next six months she said the Holy Ghost told me that I got to wear black and white every time I cross those doors I got to be in a white top and a black bottom and y'all seen her walk in here with pants on and just a shirt on and wonder why she dressed like that that is her uniform of obedience her uniform of slavery she ain't doing it because pastor said do it she's doing it because the Lord said it and there's an enslavement that don't you have a closet full of clothes and a bunch of colors in the closet you can't put a color on until the Holy Ghost release you and some of y'all call us fanatics and some of y'all call us crazy but when you are a slave to it you've lost your own opinion you lost your own thoughts and all you do is obey God and I discovered something y'all I discovered that if I obey God if I just do what he tells me to do I'm safer if I just obey God give me one stuff son and the Holy Ghost showed me a picture he said in 2019 this is the year that he's calling for slaves he's calling for individuals who are not just going to do what they want to do but do what he tells him to do. He says, I'm calling for individuals who's going to obey me at every my every word. Lock me there. No, no, no. Right there. He said, I want to look at somebody who's going to do what I tell them to do. Give me that one. He says, they won't go as far as they want to go. He said, but they're slaves because they listen to my word. They do what I tell them. Even if they don't agree and don't like it, lock me in over here. He says, and when you are enslaved to me, you are limited what you can do and where you can go. And I told the Lord when he gave me this word, I said, tie me to the altar. Bind me to your will that I can't do what Jonathan wants to do. Because when I want to go and do my own thing, and when I want to go and deal with somebody, the Holy Ghost won't let me go because I'm tied to the altar. And some of you only went too far because you're not a slave to it. If you was a slave to it, it wouldn't let you go that far. But where are your chains? Where are your chains of bondage to the things of God? to the things that God desires for you. I may want to go out, Tyreek, and I want to go do my thing, but there's a chain pulling me. It won't let me go and do what I want to do. I can't escape it. I can't run from it because I'm tied to the will of God. Help me preach somebody and go grab your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, I tried to do my own thing, but he won't let me do my own thing because I'm tied to his will. Get somebody else by the hand and say neighbor. Say neighbor if you get tied to him. He'll give you liberty from your enemies. But he also controls your life. Say neighbor. You got to be a slave to it. Grab somebody by the hand. And say neighbor. You got to do whatever he tells you. Because the says that obedience is better than sacrifice you can come in here and scream aloud you can come in here and give him praise and we're going to dance with you but until we hear your chains you ain't no real slave until we hear your chains you ain't been really purchased until you told your flesh no because the Lord said no to you you ain't no real slave but grab somebody and act like you're preaching and 
and said, neighbor, I'm glad that I'm tied to the altar. Tell him, I'm glad that I'm tied to his will because I, when I would to do the thing I'm not supposed to do, he pulls me right back in. I almost went too far, but the chain wouldn't let me go. I almost married the wrong person, but because I was chained to his will, he wouldn't let me go. Turn around to somebody and say, neighbor, I praise God today, not because of what you know, but I praise him because what he wouldn't allow me to do. Say, neighbor, I almost went off, but he held me back to his will because my destiny was bigger than the fight. I closed my mouth, turned to somebody and said, neighbor, I almost slipped up. I almost sinned this week, but I felt something pulling in my spirit that wouldn't let me do it because I'm a slave to the call of Christ. Get out your seats. Go find three folks and say, neighbor, wear your chains. I want to hear your chains. Where's your bondage? Are you tied to his will? Are you tied to his word? Are you tied to what he said? You got to do it because he said do it. If you're a slave, you've been bought with a price. Tell somebody, I'm not my own. I'm the Lord's. I don't belong to me. I belong to him. Everything I am, everything I'm not, I'm yours. Try me now and see. See if I would be completely yours. Throw your hands up and say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm your servant. I'm your slave. Here's my chains. Chains make noise. Chains open their mouth. Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Sound your chains. Where's your chain? I'm tied to you. I'll praise you with sickness in my body. I'll praise you with trouble at the house. I'll praise you. No money in my pocket. Where are your chains? Let me hear your chains rattle. Let me hear your chains rattle. free but you aren't free you are not free to do what you want you're not free to go where you want you're not free to think or say what you want you're a slave and until I hear your chains I don't believe your witness Because this new modern Christendom and theology gives us permission to do a lot of things that Christ does not agree with. I don't do things because it is a culture thing to do. I do what the Lord tells me to do. Because I'm a servant and a slave. Some of y'all look at Pastor Shaw and says, why? Why does he just go in? Because I'm a slave. I don't belong to me. Not even my money is mine. It's all his. Let me hear your chains. You've been talking about free. You've been talking about free. And you've misinterpreted the definition of what he intended. He said, you're not free from me. 
you're free from Satan. To me, you are a slave. You're tied to me. I bought you with my blood. What do you mean? I do what I want. Where did that come from? That's when Adam turned around and said, we hid ourselves because we were naked. God turned around and said, who told you you were naked? Where did you get that language from? Who told you you were free like that? Where did you get that from? That's not what I introduced to you. You're a slave. And there's a lot of folks in church they're not slaves. They're not slaves at all. They want to be the free bird to fly and do whatever they want. That means what the scripture says, that you made his dying in vain. It's when the scripture says you crucify him afresh. Because it means that when he bought you, you don't work. Nothing, nothing is more hurtful, nothing is more problematic than when I bought something from the store and bring it home and it don't work. God bought you and you don't even work. Once a year, the Day of Atonement, we now call it Yom Kippur. The priest would go into the holies of holies. <clears throat> and uh, it was a sacred place where the spirit of God dwelt. It was so holy that only who God said could come in could go in. If God didn't say you could go in, then you don't just go into God. It was the place beyond the veil. They made sure that the man who went in, the high priest who went in once a year, they made sure he was prayed up, he was holy, they would spend all night reading the laws to him and the commandments, so his mind was pure. Because if he wasn't pure, he would go into the presence of the Lord and would drop dead in the presence of God. That means he died and the people's sins were not forgiven. Because the man who's supposed to offer it is dead. So what they would do, they would put on the bottom of his garments pomegranates, which is fruit, which means whoever goes in for you got to have fruit. And also the, between each fruit, they put a bell. And then they would tie a rope around his waist. Because if he died, if he died and all that praying we did for him and he didn't make it, ain't none of us going in there, go get him. So they tied a rope around his waist and they would pull him out. But how would you know if he died? The bells on the bottom of his robe would stop ringing. Which, which means whenever you have a priest that don't make noise, they're dead. If your preacher don't make noise, it's because he's dead. As long as I'm making noise, I'm still alive. I'm still here. But if we don't hear your chains, if we don't hear your bells, it means you already died. And we're not coming to get you. We're going to pull you by the rope of your own death. Where is the sound of your slavery? We so free. We forgot who's our owner. Who purchased you? You're not yours. You're his. And you are a slave to him. African Americans, we don't like that word. Other races don't understand it. But every one of us that are believers and who are saints of God, we better learn to embrace it because you can't receive the benefits of the kingdom 
if you're not a slave to the king. Oh, trust me. I want to. I just can't. And we take scriptures and we use them out of context. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. That's not what that means. That you can just do whatever you want. Read the whole text. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which means if he doesn't give me strength, I can't do it. I only can do the things that he's given me strength to do because he's my Lord. And things right now you're trying to do in your life and you're tired and exhausted because you're operating outside of his strength. The only reason why you're worn out is because you're operating outside of the grace he's put on you. Stay in your grace and become enslaved to it. Chained to it. Bound to it. Oh man of God, I don't I don't agree with this. You don't have to. Go on to hell. Go straight to hell. And I mean that with every chain on me. Go straight to hell. Because I will not play with my soul on earth. The Bible says the righteous will scarcely make it. If the righteous scarcely make it, I don't have time to play with my soul. Tie me to your will. Here's the benefits. He is a gentle Lord. He's a good master. He's a wonderful savior. He does not treat us like the former master. He treats us differently. He blesses us. He rewards us. He takes care of us. Even when we don't do what we're supposed to. Old master whipped us. He took the whips for us. And with his strikes we're healed. Oh, this is a different management. It's a different kind of Lord. And the reason why we don't embrace it is because we don't know him. If you knew what kind of Lord he is, you would. who wouldn't serve a God like this? Who wouldn't serve a God like this? Some of y'all scared you thought you was going to hell just right there. <laughs> But now you done scared the hell out of them, dude. They ain't know what, what they ain't know if it was the rapture. If it was. Are you chained to it? For the next couple of moments, I want you to dedicate your life as a slave to him. We thank you for being a worshiper and a praiser. It's nice that you are a church attendee. Today we're calling for slaves. Serve righteousness unto holiness. Become a slave to it. Place softly. I want every person in this place to get a new mentality of your relationship with Christ. With your blood, you purchase me. I've been redeemed by your blood. And I'm limited on where I can go. I'm limited on what I can do. I can go but so far. Because I'm chained to your will. He won't let me go any further. Which means there are limits. There's limits to this. There are limits, saints. You can't do what everybody else does. You can't go where everybody else go. There are limits. All things are lawful but not expedient. For the next solid minute, I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. 
And I want you to rededicate your life to Christ as a slave. Which means I won't make a move until you give me permission. And if you never give me permission, I won't move. Not my feelings nor my emotions will matter. It's what you say. Today, I want you to have the testimony that I'm sold out. I'm sold out. I'm sold out. I'm so sold out for Jesus that it doesn't matter what other people think, what they say, what they feel. I have been free from Satan. I've been free from my enemy. But I'm now in the possession of Christ. He's mine and I'm his. I want you right now to close your eyes and with your heads bowed. I want you to pray a prayer of rededication to him right now. Dedicate yourself, your mind, dedicate your heart, dedicate your body, your members, and yield them unto righteousness. Yield them unto righteousness. Yield them unto righteousness. Yield them unto righteousness. Come on, let me hear you. Come on, speak to him. Talk to him. Rededicate yourself. I'm a slave to you. I'll pray when you tell me to pray. Because obedience is better than sacrifice. I'll give up whatever you tell me to give up. I'll let go whatever you tell me to let go. I'll be more disciplined because you're my Lord. You're my master. You're my savior. Hallelujah. And today, because you're my boss, hallelujah, I submit to you. I obey. I surrender. We're the surrendered vessels. We're the surrendered people. We're the surrendered people. We're the surrendered people. Come on, come on, come on. Father, forgive me for every time I operated in my own. Forgive me for every time I did what I wanted to do and the way I wanted to do it. And I was big and bad enough to do what I wanted. But Lord, today, I want you to tie me to your will. That's what I want your prayer to be. Lord, tie me to your will. Tie me, tie me, tie me to your will. Tie me to your will. Tie me to your will. Chain me up to it. Restrict me. Limit how far I will go. Don't let me get in the relationship I ain't supposed to be in. Don't let me hook up with somebody I ain't supposed to be hooked up with. Don't let me entertain things and behavior and activities that don't glorify you. Father, I need the spirit of conviction of the Holy Ghost to rise up in me like never before. Convict me, Lord. Convict me, Lord. That's what I'm talking about. Convict me, Lord. Convict me, Lord. When my heart goes astray, convict me. When my mind goes too far, convict me. When I start doing things that I had, I know I have no business, convict me. When my hands begin to handle things that don't glorify you, convict me. When my feet carry me places where I'm not supposed to be, convict me. Convict me, Lord. Can somebody pray that prayer? Say, Lord, convict me. Come on. Say, Lord, convict me. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, I would love for you to do two things. One, subscribe to our show so you can receive notification of our most recent messages. Also, if this message has impacted you, you can click the link in the description and you can give now. We'll connect with you next time on Crown Ministries Podcast.